0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now.
1: Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. The other day we had an opportunity to be interviewed by Joe Simons and the Salt Strong podcast on his Unchurched segment. Really wanted to share this with you as Martha and I had the opportunity to spend that time with Joe. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Make sure you check out Joe and his team at saltstrong.com. Saltstrong.com. If you're into fishing, this is a place you're going to want to spend some time. Saltstrong.com. Now, here's the interview.
0: Hello, Saltstrong Nation. Joe Simons, Light Diamonds. We are back, unchurched. Got some really special guests. And before we get into it, I want to thank our mutual friend, Kevin Respress, C12 somehow i don't even know how it all got connected together but he introduced me to jim jim told me about him himself and martha and what they're doing and and first we started talking about doing something on marriage which i think we will afterwards although you guys gave me a i don't know a pretty big a pretty big must do to make that happen uh, but the more I, i've started reading jim and martha's story and really what they've dedicated their lives to doing I said, you know, we've we got to talk about about this. And, and what I'm discussing here is is using your workplace, whether you're the CEO or you're an executive or an employee, to, to talk about Christ, to talk about God, to turn it into a, a ministry. I, I grew up in a, my very, very first company, and I did, you know, a mission trip. And that mission trip was to Uganda, and it was great. I would highly recommend anyone that, that has the opportunity to do something like that to do it. But in the whole time in my head, it was like, well, yeah. If I ever want to do any kind of mission, I, I basically got to, you know, leave my company, leave the entire state, and even leave the country to really make an impact. And I've, I've now understand that that is not even close to being true. And so, first and foremost, let me welcome my two special guests, Jim and Martha. Welcome to the show. Hey, Joe.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: So, real quick, what's the name of the company?
1: I work for him. I work the number four him. Who's him? Uh, That would be God. (laughs)
0: Love it. So how did it all start? Tell me the, the backstory, and we'll and then we'll start getting into the, the problem we're all facing here.
1: All right, I'll give you the shortest backstory as I can. All right, so Martha and I go way back. Our lives first intersected when we were 13 years old. We didn't know each other yet, but both of us committed to uh, our lives to full-time Christian ministry as 13-year-olds on July the 13th, a Friday, by the way, 1979. We met each other three years later as she and her family moved to Minneapolis, where I grew up. And um, we started dating a little over a year later, about a year and a half later, excuse me. And as we started dealing with this, we, we both committed to getting full-time or full-year degrees in college. And- Thought, and we were doing volunteer ministry on the side, but we were we both knew we had made this full-time commitment to ministry, and we thought, well, that means that one day we're going to be pastor of a church. I figured youth pastor for me. I'm a little spastic. Um, so youth, being a youth pastor in a church, or Martha was always thought she'd end up on the mission field because she spent a year in the, in Venezuela on the mission field with her folks. And so we got our four-year degrees, and then um, I enrolled in seminary. Before our kids uh, were born, I enrolled in seminary, Bethel Seminary in uh, st paul minnesota and god sent the senior pastor of our church and said to me jim i don't think you really are cut out to be a pastor of a church i don't think you can handle having 400 bosses and i'm like hmm because i, I think it, just do lay ministry and I, I think we don't have enough lay ministers so i think that's what you should do so i unenrolled from seminary i'm like well, that was kind of an obvious thing and uh, I, we'll go into that word lay minister later so then about four years later, the youth pastor of our church uh, got fired, and I'm like, I want that job. I want that job. And so I applied for the job, and I was getting re-enrolled in seminary. And this time, God sent the senior pastor and his wife to our house and said, Jim, I don't think you can handle having 400 bosses. I think you should just be a volunteer. So we stopped the pursuit of seminary. And, but at the same time, we were running an insurance agency. We were running a used car dealership, which fit very hand in hand, extremely well together and doing volunteer ministry at church. But that word lay ministry had been used as a weapon uh, against me to say, well, listen, there's this tier system in the kingdom. You, you're there's pastors and missionaries. And then why don't you just be a lay person? Okay. Well, I've learned later that that doesn't really exist in the scripture. That's just a man-made thing. Go along. We moved to Florida because of Martha's health in 19, excuse me, in 2003. And in 2003, a buddy of mine gave me this book, Halftime, and and I'm like, because I've been joking with people about, I'm gonna be on my own, uh, I'm gonna do my midlife crisis on my own timing. So I read this book, and it was the first time I'd ever heard that I could have significance in my work, even if I wasn't a pastor. Three years later, that same guy introduced me in a a daily devotional by a guy named named Oz Hillman. Uh, it, It talked about that my work mattered to God and that I could be a minister in my workplace and that was the very first time I was 40 years old, the very first time I could be, I learned that I could be a minister in my own workplace. And so, our long story, as, as short as I could tell it, is that we were raised, we were raised entrepreneurs. I was an entrepreneur as a little kid. We had a heart and passion for full time ministry. And when we committed our lives to full time ministry, nobody ever told us that that full time ministry could be in the marketplace. But that's what God intended all along
0: and why is that? And, and, cause you know, when I first came out with unchurched, that was the, you know, you get a lot of feedback obviously as a, as a company that declares all of a sudden you're Christian and you're going to put it on your podcast. And, and I, I kept hearing the, you know, church is church, religion's religion, business is business, keep them all separate. Why would you want to combine the two? You're ruining a good thing. Like I heard all these negatives. Uh, and, and, you know, of course all of us are wired that way. we're, I, if I got 100 comments, 90 of them were actually very positive. It's those 10 that just kind of get in your head and, and kind of get in your skin. What, why, I mean, why do you think that is? Why has there been this misconception that, that you're not supposed to do any ministry in the workplace and you're supposed to keep her completely separate? Where, where did that happen? did that happen?
1: It's bad theology. Uh, it's really, it's, I'm going to blame it on the church, the four walls church in, around the world. It's just bad theology. When, and that, in fact, I, I didn't, that was messed up part of my story, but as 22 year olds, we were starting our insurance agency and I was discipled exactly with those words. Church is church, business is business. They have nothing to do with each other. Make as much money as you can, give it to the church. And maybe you could serve on a building committee one day. Mm. That was the height of my service. So Martha, jump in.
2: Oh hi <laughs> Here I am Hello, Jim's taking a breath so I could talk for a moment. So you were talking about the fact that you feel like it's bad theology by the church and then the other side of that is that you know there's a verse Romans 12:2 that says you know basically telling us not to let the world conform us but allow Christ to transform the way we think. And so I believe that a lot of it is culture. People around us pressure, like what you heard, just people, you know, that negativity saying you can't do this, when in fact, um, if God changed my heart, if he changed the trajectory of my life, it's not just in a window that happens on the weekend, it should be 24-7, 365, and that is really um, a big part of what we talk about.
1: It just this kind of stuff makes me burst inside, Joe. Because let's just look at, let's just look at the history of all of this. The first 300 years of the church, actually the first 270 years of the church, the church operated unleashed all throughout the marketplace. There was no walls anywhere. It was spread out all over the Roman Empire. It was impacting everybody. It people lived out their faith and with and their faith was so vibrant. Everybody around them was impacted positively whether they believed in Jesus or not. They their faith was so compelling it transformed the Roman Empire and Constantine said I'm going to be a Jesus follower and everybody should be a Jesus follower and that was the downfall of the church because he said we're going to create the Roman Catholic Church not the Roman Catholic Church the way it is today but the Roman Catholic just really was the follower of Jesus kind of church and so
2: can I say something? It was a really great idea. It just went wrong because he was so excited about his faith. He wanted everybody to have it, but when it's mandated, it's not personal. Well,
1: and he created a hierarchy. <laughs> he created a hierarchy So that because they took the the um, the pagan uh, hierarchy, which was priests and, and other people, and then the, the parishioners. I mean, they took the... They, Instead of it being free-flowing and all about freedom, all of a sudden you, you roll into the Middle Ages and you got the priests who ruled over the kings. The kings were in charge of the marketplace. The priests were in charge of the religious stuff. And the only people that could actually read Scripture were the priests because they learned Latin. And the priests and the kings didn't know what it was. And so all of a sudden it, the priests made up all this stuff and said, well, this is what the Bible says. And the kings didn't know until King James wrote it in common language what it really said. And so all along, they kept using it as a hammer on people instead of a freedom for people. So when I say bad theology, it's because it was when priests and pastors allow Christ followers to understand that they are as significant in the kingdom as they are behind the pulpit because every day they get exposed to way more believers out there than than they may. Then there was a competition. I'm not saying today. I'm saying in the last 1700 years, there was a competition like, well, you can't, you're not a minister. Mm-hmm. You don't have the training. It, it's bad theology, but it's but it's incredible the freedom we've got to impact everybody around us. Okay, I'll, I'll
0: quiet. down. No, that's that's good. I, I hadn't even thought about the competition side of things, um, but that that makes complete sense. Um, I, I, a quote that I wrote on the very first Unchurched. It was from Billy Graham. I don't know if you guys have seen this, and it's one of the next great moves of God. Is going to be through believers in the workplace. Yes, and and I I read that, and I believe it was C12 uh, in one of their pamphlets, and and that that was kind of one of those things that always stuck with me. I'd read that way in advance of doing unchurched, and and just the more I looked at at our society, and the more I looked at my I've got three young kids, you know, a three year old, a six year old, a, a nine year old now, and and. I, we're doing a, a I would say a good job. Uh, I don't know. I would never want to say great job uh, but but we're very blessed, right? I mean, we're you know a married couple and we've got you know three kids that we can spend time with in a christian school and and the majority of of America is not like that, right? So I kept looking at this I was like, well, gosh, you know the majority of of kids and young adults are not going to have that same experience. And Mm -hmm. they're not allowed, especially in public schools. I mean, they're trying to take the word God completely out, let alone Jesus. Let's just even, I mean, God, they're literally trying to eliminate that. I saw a few cities and and states are trying to get the word God and God, we trust off their license plates. It's just like, wow. So if Mm -hmm. business owners who have a lot of influence out there, if we're not taking a stand I mean in who is and when the normal church the four walls you talked about attendance is is down in most places uh, you know especially now with this COVID it's 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 kind of changed things up a little bit but prior to that it was just down in general and so it's like who, who who's going to stand up who's going to who's going to make a, 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 a who's going to make a change how are we going to have a revival if we will if no one's willing to stand up and it seems like you guys like have now dedicated your lives to to do that and to train others and to, and to and to inspire small businesses and, and even just employees to right. to 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 do this. I, I
1: think it's really important to to make I I stopped in the middle of the story when we talk about bad theologies because it's it's not God and Jesus that people are actually rejecting. It's religion. Religion's about money, power, and control. And when people meet the real Jesus, they're like what do you mean he's about freedom? He doesn't come with rules and regulations. He just wants to save me. He's with the ultimate rescue plan. My heavenly father loves me unconditionally and he died for me. Well, how come I never heard that stuff before? All I heard was stuff about money, power, and control. So the, when you when you say the church attendance way down, it's true. Up until, the, up until COVID-19, 70% of the church wasn't ever going to church. So the only place they were ever going to hear about Jesus was in the workplace. Now it's 90% aren't going to church but they're all going to work.
2: Yeah, and that, so that really ties back with to the quote that you were referencing and the fact that w- what we saw is that, okay, if most um, people of age to work are wanting to work, they may be unemployed for a season or whatever, but their desire is to work, um, then that is a place they go to on a regular basis. And so if that is seen as a mission field you know when I go intentionally into my work I don't leave Jesus in the car I don't turn God off when I leave my house you know he is with me at all times then those people that God has put around me even if I meet them once or if I work with them every day on every project I ever do those are the people that that's my mission field that is where I have the greatest influence by being a real person with a real transformation. And um, so that's why we have, I work for him as a ministry, as a, as a talking point for people to help them to see that same thing, to open their eyes, because that's where you go on a regular basis, whatever go means, you know, it, and it, I was thinking about that in terms of, you know, salt strong. I mean, you can be the captain of a fishing boat, and that's your mission field—the people that come on, that go on excursions, that want to learn, whatever that is—that you're shoulder to shoulder with. Your words have influence. The way you respond when you run out of gas or the motor quits—you know, those things make an impact. So, th- helping people to switch that thinking um, is really our dream and what we, why we talk. Um, as much as we do. (laughs) Yeah, we do
1: like to talk, Joe. Hey, if I could say one more thing, I know this is your show, but but it was when I was 40 and I heard that, it started rumbling inside of me realizing, wow, you know, for the last 20 years, the freakiest people to do business with, in fact, up until 2009, the only people I ever lost money to in business were people who called themselves Christian business people. Mm -hmm. And I was deeply frustrated. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this picture? Those should be the greatest people in the country to do business with. And yet, Literally went up when somebody who doesn't know jesus a pre believer finds out that somebody's a Christian a lot of times they run the other direction go ah! okay that it that shouldn't be we should be the we should be the greatest biggest examples and so I was sharing my faith and work story a little bit with this group in 2013 five ways to incorporate your faith in a workplace and i sat down in the room next to the only person i didn't know and the reason i was sharing that was because i was so sick and tired of embarrassing christian people out there in the marketplace like i used to tell people listen if you're going to act that way can you please not tell people you know jesus please don't tell people you know jesus because that's not the jesus i know and i sat down in the room that day next to the person i didn't know and she owned a radio station and she goes jim you need to talk about this on the radio uh, before that moment february 19th 2013 we had never ever ever thought about being on the radio not never crossed our minds
0: not even once you guys have, for those listeners who don't know you guys have been on the radio for a long time in Se- many 7
2: years over many 7 shows, years. many shows yes a few thousand yeah <laughs> and they can and they can hear that message you know um we we're, we do that through podcasts much like you sharing the conversation with people um I work for him to help so that we're continuing to have the conversation and meeting amazing people like you that are saying, okay, what can I do in my workspace, what God's given me to make an impact on the kingdom?
0: So I guess maybe an obvious question, but might have a deeper answer. I mean, why is this important? Why is it important to turn your workplace into some sort of mission field?
2: Hmm. A lot of words come to mind. The first word I can think of is, um, in response right now. I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of them, but one is authenticity. You know, again, going back to if Jesus really changed me, then he changed all of me. And why wouldn't I want other people to know that? Um, I shouldn't have two different personas. I should be the same person all the time. And, um, and, and the, the obvious long term game there is you know to help other people meet jesus and for them to have eternal life because that's the that's the bottom line of the the relationship that we have with jesus christ
1: recently joe we've really in the last two years we've connected up with this ministry out of tulsa oklahoma called follower of one but they run marketplace missions trips as you just stated you went on on a mission trip to uganda i think is what you said right okay how long did how many months ahead did you prepare for that
0: I don't even recall, but it was it was, it was was a couple of months in terms of yeah. what we were going to do and even just getting all the shots and all that, you yeah. know, of malaria and all that. But so yes. Months it, it of preparation. Many, many months of, of prep and time.
1: Right. Okay. So you spent all this time getting ready to go on a mission trip, but you were gone for, were you gone for a week?
0: Yeah, it was like 10, 10 days.
1: Okay, for 10 days. Do you think you'll ever see those people again before you get to heaven? No. Okay. So- We as Christ followers have determined that short-term missions trips, which are a phenomenal thing, they're such a paradigm shifter, are, are a great thing. We spend all this time getting ready for them, yet how much time within the four walls of the church have we been preparing people for the missions trip they go on every Monday morning? Every Monday morning, we enter the most powerful, the largest unreached people group on the globe with almost zero training. 99.5% Ninety-nine and a half percent of the churches don't even talk about what we're talking about today. That you are a workplace missionary. That as the leader of your company, you're the number one pastor. You're the lead pastor of your church of your church, which is your workplace, and you need to be prepared for your mission field. And it's not to say that you're going to beat people over the head of the Bible. No, because that's not that's not Joe's way. But it's to be Jesus. God's God's got you there on purpose. And people need to meet the real Jesus, not the one they see painted on walls, not the one they hear about on the news, but the real Jesus who loved people unconditionally. And so w- this group out of Tulsa, Oklahoma does these Marketplace mission trips, which I recommend at marketplacemissiontrip.com, I think it is, or follower of one. They just prep you for getting ready to go on your Monday morning trip which we all do every week. You we, we sp- you spend months getting ready to go for 10 days. But how much time have you been trained in the church in the last f- however many years of your life for Monday morning?
0: No, and I'm I'm guilty. I mean uh, and I I I love sharing just candid stories because you reminded me of of that time I was going back and and thinking about it and I I remember not even going to church as much during that time because I was justifying it, almost like you would, hey, I worked out really hard today so I can eat more cupcakes tonight. (laughs) I really did. And I'm just being very honest. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, well, hey, I'm going on this mission trip and I'm doing all these amazing things for 10 days and I'm going to be speaking to people and sharing God's love. And I don't even have to go to church as much here, you know, in, in my local area in Atlanta where I lived at the time. And I think a lot of us justify that, it's almost like a checklist, right? Well, hey, I, I, I went to church. I even though I wasn't paying attention, I, I did it, and and now I can get on and, and go back to making money on a, on Monday. And I, I will say that I, I too, Jim, I, I guess it was around thirty nine forty when it all started hitting me. And for the first few years of Salt Strong's existence, we kind of struggled to find our why. We, we struggled to find our footing and even it struggled just to be profitable. And it was really all about me, me, me. And, and my brother, were all more like, Hey, this is, this is our company. Right. Uh, and the second we really turned it over to God. And that was a, a phrase we used a lot when we came up with in church is why would you ruin your company like this? And I just responded back to those haters. I will call them and say, it's not ours. Like mm. we, as soon as, as soon as we did that and had that like genuine mindset, that this company is is God's and, and not ours, and He's going to bless this however He wants to, and He's going to take it up and lift it up into the next stratosphere, or He's going to keep it small. We don't know, but the second we did that, like everything changed. We started attracting better people, both employees and our customers, and we we became profitable. Like it, it just felt like everything got got better. It wasn't easy, better and easier, different different words, yeah. but it, it just it felt. Like, everything just got better. Like, we just had more peace. Does why, that make sense?
1: Why do you think people said, why would you want to go ruin your company? Why, would, why do you think people <laughs> ask that?
0: <laughs> I, I, I love what you said earlier. I think there's – I don't think it's that they hate Jesus or God. I think it is that religion. That sure. That seems to be the thing that came up a lot is some of them were burned by the church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people shared some really nasty stories of their, you know, one experience and one church that just, it just let them down, I guess sure. is the right way to say it. And and that is their mindset that anyone who's a Christian is just like that bad church that, that, you know, let them down.
2: Right. And that's, you know, one of the things that I hope your listeners are hearing is that just being genuine, being real, allowing God when he teaches you something to actually be obedient and say, okay, I don't know what that's gonna bring, if it's gonna grow the company. That's not there's no promises about that. But you have a whole lot you you just said you have a whole lot more peace about where you're at today than you ever would have had you kept doing things in your own strength. And I hope the listeners hear that because this isn't like do this and this is gonna happen um externally. We have no idea what, you know, the results will be for your work environment, but you will know that um, God gives you a peace that you are exactly where you need to be for that point in time and doing the things he has called us to do.
1: I got my life wrecked by Frank Peretti. Okay, after Jesus. Well, first of all, I want to go, you use the word, why would you want somebody to wreck your business? Well, Jesus wrecked your life. I mean, he took, actually he took in a your, In good way. He, yeah, but he took <laughs> your messed up life and he straightened it up. But it doesn't look anything like your old life. And And why do you want Jesus to wreck your company? Because it's going to look Way different than it ever be- did before. It's going to actually do what it was intended to do. The marketplace. All right, let's just, again, theology lesson 101. Are there any business people in the Bible? Holy smokes, let's talk about business people in the Bible. Abraham had such a large corporation, he had 300 armed guards. Where's it, where's that sermon? You ever heard that sermon? How about the fact that our Savior was a marketplace was so his reputation was so solid in the marketplace that when he became an itinerant preacher, nobody could ever say anything other than, "Oh, he's a carpenter from Nazareth." Not, not one other thing. Thirty years he helped run the family business. W- where's that sermon? Jesus' his reputation in the marketplace. Where's the sermon about uh, a Daniel working in government? Uh, I mean, you go on and on and on again. These people, we have business people all throughout the Scripture. God created business; it was His idea, and and so. But but here's the problem: religion got in the way. Religion got in the way of all of this. And and the so what the enemy did? He goes this marketplace thing is working way too good for the early church. We got to screw it up. We're going to have the Roman emperor. He's going to become a believer, and he's going to create religion. And we're going to and we're going to mess this whole thing up. Well, now we are seventeen hundred years later from Constantine, and the enemy is still winning in the marketplace. And we've got to stop the winning. The enemy controls the the uh, narrative today, L- like this this we as christ followers around the world the church is not shrinking going to church in the four walls that's shrinking the church worldwide exploding muslims worldwide exploding into christianity Uh, there's millions of people every month coming to christ in china and people coming to christ right here in the united states of america Mm
2: -hmm. but but we need to understand
1: that that it's not going to happen the old traditional way you're not going to have you know people go walking into the four walls of a church it's not going to do it It's the enemy's plan, and we got to wreck the enemy's plan. It just, it's got to happen.
0: Yeah. And it was, I'm giving, we're giving C12 a lot of uh, props too. I believe it was Kevin that first kind of uh, put that seed in in my head. Uh, Just what you said, Jim, that that people are not traditionally going to these churches with the normal walls and the steeples. And he's like, if we know that, there's not much we can do to, to really change that. So why don't you just go to them? And, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, like go to them instead of them coming to you. Like you're already putting the content out there. Why don't you just start kind of sliding in there? Like, well, like how do I even do that? And that that was how this whole unchurch thing happened. So I, I obviously a lot of people know our story and how we did it. What, what do you guys see as being some great ways to do this? Because what's interesting, I get emails every week. It's not every day, but it's every week. Usually on that Sunday or Monday when when I publish my own church episode, and it'll be from a business owner or leader saying, "I heard it. This makes so much sense. I want to do it," but and there's always some excuse. Sure, and I get it because I had so much fear that was holding me back from doing it as well. What have you guys found? This is kind of one of the easier ways to. I don't know. It's easy, but what's a great way to kind of get your. uh, Uh, you know, your feet wet, if you will, and start moving in that direction.
2: Yeah. So um, what I was thinking of is that, you know, ultimately we have on our website something that's called the I Work For Him Nation um, pledge or commitment. And really, it's just a simple five-step plan and it's not magical it's not like these are the only things you can do but really it's Jim's it came out of Jim's story of um starting to you want to explain them all but you know real simple steps of prayer
1: starts off with praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day Those are the people that you spend time with. Why don't you pray for them? Especially the ones that irritate you. Then look for ways to serve people over and above what your job requires you to do. Look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace so you can have a real relationship with them, not just a work relationship. Look for ways to pray with them when you notice they're having a rough day. Because when somebody comes in and you notice their demeanor is different and you say, what's going on? And then you shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. At the end, if you've been praying for them a long time, you'll be able to say, hey, can I pray for you about that right now? I've never had anybody say no. No. But all along, the overarching deal is all of this. You got to be a person of excellence in your work. You need to be the number one employee in your position in your workplace. And, and nobody can argue with you then.
2: I love it. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, looking at those things in your own life. And then, you know, you may decide you're going to be more vocal about your core values or you're going to, you know, have change your vocabulary in the workplace. Maybe it's just getting rid of some words you don't need to be saying. Maybe it's quitting gossiping. Maybe it's, you know, but we have found that a core element of love in any atmosphere within your work environment um, tears down walls and allows people to see you for who you really are.
1: You have to keep this simple, Joe. And for everybody listening, you got to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus you know, he was the most incredible marketing person in the entire world. He took 12 guys, invested his life in them, and they changed the world we live in today. I mean, our lives right now are being impacted by a guy who lived and died and rose from the dead almost 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And yet, mi- billions of people have been impacted. And that's why we tell stories And I Work For Him. I mean, all those shows we've done, all the shows we continue to do, iworkforhim.com, those are all the stories of other people's faith stories. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. But it goes right down to how do we live out our faith in our work? No matter what we do, it's got to lead with love and appreciation for our people. The people that we work with, people we work for, the people that work for us. We need to lead out in love cuz Jesus loved some of the creepiest people around and he loved them into the kingdom. And he even loved the religious people and loved them into the kingdom. Everybody in between, the people that were judging the creepy people and the creepy people who really didn't that were rejected by the religious people and everybody in between. He was It was never about religion jesus was not about religion yeah that's so important people when people used to i was in high school and people say jim you're religious i'm like oh oh, no i'm not the religious people killed jesus i'm not a religious guy
0: that's so true yeah and i i i just say it's just two words jesus is about love and forgiveness i was like and if we just use those two words in in our day-to-day lives and our businesses this world would be a better place and no one can argue that no one no matter what you believe in if you're an atheist you cannot disagree with that statement. And that's, that's, to me at least, those are two big things that, that Jesus uh, stood for. I'm, I'm gonna, You reminded me of, of a small thing that you can do that we've implemented that I, I believe has made a big difference just from hearing from our team members. Uh, you mentioned the Monday, right? There's a thin line between the Saturday night and Sunday and then the, the next Monday. And every Monday at 8 o'clock we have our team meeting and we just do a quick prayer. Uh, we mm-hmm. kick it off with a quick prayer. And that was highly uncomfortable. I'm just going to be very candid. It was very uncomfortable because I didn't. I had an idea of where everyone stood, but you know, we we kind of went into this kind of head first, and and all of a sudden we said, "Hey, we're going to start having just a prayer." And if you guys want us to pray for something specific, let us know. And the very first one was very uncomfortable. And now, like if if we skipped it, someone would call it out, say, "Like, aren't we going to pray first? And um, how awesome! Great, that.
2: that's awesome. Uh,
0: but it's so it's, and I've heard some some really cool stuff from our team members just privately about how much that is that is meant to them and they share that with their friends and coworkers and, and I I think that's one of the easiest things to to do with not alienating people. And uh and and, and obviously you want to do it do it right and not uh you know not make it uncomfortable for people. But just being candid, the very first one is just going to feel awkward. Just like if you've never prayed in your life and you have to say something out loud for the first time, it, it can be a little bit awkward and intimidating. Uh, but but know that if, if you're truly genuine and you and you mean mm-hmm. uh, mean well, that usually God will speak through you and He seems to do that every single time that we do it. So I would I would throw that out there as uh, an easy transition yep. just to start in any company.
1: That's great. Joe, can I do some plug-in? Because here's the deal. I work for him uh, I work for him is not a ministry that we're don't come to us and we're gonna disciple you and figure this out. We've got we've learned from thousands of stories on what it looks like. But our whole goal is to just awaken people to the idea that your work really matters to God, that He has a plan for it, and then to activate them by connecting them to ministries that are ready. So, for that everyday believer that's stuck in the middle of an organization, an amazing ministry worklife.org, worklife.org, and then workmatters.org, workmatters.org. People in the middle. Then people at the top of organizations, guys like you, c12group.com, Phenomenal Group, Truth at Work, Convene, Pinnacle Forum, and that list goes on and on and on. Um, There are fantastic studies. There's actually a Bible. Joe, this is the greatest thing. The Theology of Work Project out of Boston, Massachusetts came up and they did a commentary, a faith and work commentary for the entire Bible. And there's a faith and work Bible, and you can get access to the commentary online, theologyofwork.com o-r-g it's gotta be mm-hmm. theologywork.org. the commentaries you can actually see the application of faith and work throughout everything it's all over the UVersion version app uh, where you can find stuff there's so many resources so if people are listening today which i know there's people are listening today and you want to get access to those resources but i talk too fast just email me jim at i work, the number for him.com jim at i work for Let me know that you heard us on Joe's show and we will salt strong, right? I said it right. The unchurched. The unchurched. Yes. Unchurched. Sorry. Uh, I should have written that down because my head was spinning because you've had great conversation. Just email me. I'm happy to connect you to all these different ministries. There are literally 3,000 ministries focused on discipling people to connect their faith and their work. And the ultimate goal in this is right now there are millions of people who right now think they know everything about eternity, but they don't. And they're going mm-hmm. to live separated from God for an eternity. And God had a rescue plan in mind because he wants them to spend the time with him. And Jesus was that rescue plan. We need to introduce people to the truth about who Jesus really is.
0: I love it. Yeah, and we will certainly put all of your contact information and in, in, uh, in any links we can in the show notes. And, and yeah, plug away. That's I mean, that's the reason I had you on is I told you offline – I, I do get a lot of inquiries from business owners and they just mm-hmm. don't know where to start and right. and I can tell them all day long about my store and I've documented it and I think it's just it I think just like anything people like to see social proof right mm-hmm. they like to hear case studies things that you guys have a lot of so yes please 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 uh, reach out reach out to, to them and uh, I work for him is it dot com or dot .org? dot com dot .com.
1: com you know right there in, in Polk County Florida where you're where you're based out of there's an incredible group a networking group integrity business referrals Lou and Marlene Fry they got 70 or 80 people together they gather together twice a month just to celebrate the Lord and business all at the same time I mean there's stuff like that everywhere across the country
0: Yeah, and it just doesn't make the news unfortunately right
1: no it doesn't
0: <laughs> uh, well guys this has been awesome any uh any other final thoughts any other Things you want to share?
2: You know, I, think, I just, I just think that one of the, you know, it's just our goal that people hear and understand that their workplace really is their mission field. And for anybody who's doubting that, um, you know, that's what the links are for—to reach out and and connect, or to ask you, Joe, um, to go further with that conversation. Because don't don't shy away from it, but lean into it and see what God really has in store. And for
1: me, it's just this line: your workplace. It's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. That job that you hold, the work that you do and the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance.
0: I love it. I can't possibly add any more value than that. Guys, thank you so much, Jim and Martha. It has been an absolute pleasure. Everyone, please go check out their site, go check out their podcast and I will make sure to put links in all of our Blog post and show notes and Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and all those great places. So, guys, it's been a blast. Uh, next time I see you, it will probably be on hopefully a, a marriage episode. Awesome. i looking forward
1: to it. Thanks, Joe. That'll,
0: that'll be a tough one. Oh, <laughs> guys, thank you. Thank Much you. love from everyone at Salt Strong. We're out.
1: You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for Him. him.